if the 49ers don't make the Super Bowl, you have to eat an entire roll of sushi. No. What do you mean? You've been saying since day one, Niners, 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 Niners. There's not a bigger Niners guy around. Now, all of a sudden, you're not willing to bet. Oh, now you're not a Niners guy? Well, I mean, to be fair, before I was saying Niners, Niners, I said Eagles, Eagles. So I got both. Mark said I'm picking Mark's, the <laughs> And Mark, Mark knows, too. Manager Mark, he knows. He knows He knows the kind of sushi I like. We've, we've, we've tried two together. And I'm not taking One that bet. Hit. I'm not That's taking fair. that bet. That's fair. That's fair. Those were the Trey Lance Niners that I was very confident in. Not, not the Brock Purdy Niners. I thought, there was be, a chance. Um, I thought there was a chance Trey Lance was going to win MVP this year. Yeah. Would you be um, mad at Tom, the Tom Brady Niners? How does that, how does that bode for you? I mean, if you're going to get Tom Brady, why not get Aaron Rodgers? Great point. Play the music, Alec. Play the music. Let's start this pot. Let's start this pot up. Got a lot of energy, baby. Ripping some cold, getting ready to rumble. Getting ready to rumble. All time with Luke Wilson, episode 12, 13, who's Alex? You got to help me out here, man. We're getting to the point where I'm forgetting the episode numbers. That's good. Episode 12, episode 12, all time with Luke Wilson. We got another guest today, Luke. We had a good chat with, uh, with our friend, David Sanchez. My green screen's giving me some, some issues here. I'm Looking like Back to the Future. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing good. I just got an email. Um, I know is manager Mark still in here? There is an H Wood party. Oh my! Oh my boy! Super Bowl party email now get me even more amped. Oh boy! Oh, oh boy. wow! Arizona is going to be a time, eh? This is the one to go to. This is the one. If there's one. Uh oh my goodness. Anyways, I've never seen you like this before. Me. Yeah, bro. If let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, man. If you're ever in Los Angeles or you're ever in any big city and you go to an Hwood property, Delilah, the nice guy. I I don't even know the entire. Li- I think I'm not I'm not in the club scene, so I don't know what clubs they run. Manager Mark would know more. These guys know. They know how to throw a party, man. They know how to they know how to throw a party. They know how to set an ambiance. They know how to run a restaurant. These guys are fucking <coughs> goaded. Jesus, I'm joking. But anyways, enough about H Wood parties. Let's You're start to stack up them all over the map. Davis Sanchez coming on. We had a good great combo. We had a great combo with Davis. Yeah. You two uh I mean you two really hit it off there. I just kind of sat back and I was just like, Yeah, that's on me. I felt bad, but he it's a very intriguing story, you know, Davis to me because as we find out, and, and we'll have it here in a sec, it's just I find it very fascinating for true Canadians in the NFL in their journey. And what I mean by true is like when I was a kid, I used to always see this shit. I brought this up to NFL Canada once. 
And it'd be like, oh, there's, you know, I'm looking, I'm 15 years old, 14 years old. Be like, oh, there's 12 Canadians in the NFL. I'm like, oh, shit, 12 Canadians, you know. And then you look, and of the 12, three of them are kickers, punter, deep snapper, maybe more, you know. And then it's like the next four or five were like the sons of CFL players yeah. that were, left the country as soon as their fam- or their dad retired. So I'm like, yeah, they have Canadian citizenship, but they didn't actually like go to elementary school here, go to high school here. You know, yeah, that's why I, I, as a guy who's done it and have, you know, as we've spoken about on here, some like twists and turns, um, you know, it's, uh, it's very fascinating for me and something I'm really interested in, in hearing how other guys journeys through the American football system coming straight out of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's get right to that conversation. You're going to get to hear about Davis Sanchez making the switch from basketball to football at an age much later than uh, I think you would expect. Get to hear about some of his time playing college and professional football, chat a little bit about the games at the end of the week, a couple of picks that he likes. So we're going to get to that conversation and on the flip side, we're going to break down the four games coming up this weekend, get Luke's thoughts on all the games, get some picks, and we're just going to have a little chat. So uh, let's get to that Davis Sanchez conversation. Here he is, the man, the myth, the legend, Davis Sanchez, a guy who's helped me out quite a bit, you know, taking the rookie under his under the uh, his wing a little bit this year, showing me the rope. Probably the most best I think I just said that wrong. Probably the best dressed guy at TSN. Guy's got swag, which I got to call him out on something here in a sec. He was holding out on me on one thing. Okay. But Davis, appreciate you coming this on the should, pod, man. This should be good. This should be good. This should be good. We, we had, as, as we spoke about in one of the prior pods, we had a commercial. Belly, tell me you think this is messed up, man. Tell me you think this is messed up. We did a yeah. Pepsi commercial. Davis, first off, this guy misses calling. He should have been in Hollywood. Fuck playing football. Okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, Davis in here, and I'm like, damn, Davis got some, he's always had some good fits. Turns out he's got a, I, I don't know what you call it, but the lady that was there was like, yeah, I'm over it. Like a stylist, just, I thought you were out here just finding shit online. No, Davis got the ace in the in his pocket, you know, the ace in the hole. So whenever he needs some heat, he just goes right mm. to the stylist and comes out just stunting on everybody. Is that true, bro? Is that how it goes? Shout out to Edwin and Carrie and, and the crew. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, man. What are you at? Uh, are you at Nordstrom Rack uh, for uh, your nah. six class? Apparently, man. I gotta get on. I gotta get on. You gotta put me on there. But uh, yeah, we got some. We got some folks. I mean, I, I pick around a little different, but yeah, yeah. It's uh, the more importantly though. You you showed up. Let's let's talk about this. You showed up with a team. Like I showed up just me myself. Like. Diapers in the back and, and the Similac and my kids. <laughs> I walk in by myself carrying all my shit. You got like six handlers with you. You had a rider with you. You had the rider. You had you had you had no handlers. Question. You had it all going on, but you didn't even bring entourage. Two suits. Yeah, entourage. <laughs> uh, but you showed up with one suit. We were supposed to bring four. You brought one. So yeah, um, they didn't yeah. like that. But <laughs> we live and we learn. So uh, real quick, before we get into some of the more fun stuff. I kind of want to just go for people who don't know, uh, talk about a little bit about what kind of your high school experience going into college as a Canadian, 
and then your time down with the Chargers and the CFL. I know it's very broad, but what I mean by that, like, how did you, like, when did you know you'd be playing, you know, pro ball, if you will? That's a question I get all the time. When were you like, damn, because yeah. I'm assuming your high school. Yeah. Sorry, Luke. Davis, yeah. I, as, as Luke is trying to ask, why the switch from basketball to football after your first yeah. year of college? Why, yeah. how, did, how did that happen? What led to that? See, see these? Series. Uh, I, I have I heard I've said this a thousand times. I'm five foot nine, ten, and I can't shoot a jump shot. Mm. That's like I could get to not the a hole. great combo for b ball. Yeah, not a great combo for making the NBA from Delta, British Columbia. Uh, I could get to so the. You rack. started as a b ball guy. I'm a b ball guy my whole life. Really was. I was a soccer guy and a basketball guy, and I went to college my first year, and I wasn't. I kind of was crappy in school, and, and so I, I, I could have went to Canadian universities. I wasn't going to Duke, that's for damn sure, but I could have went to some Canadian schools. I had some offers to play basketball at some Canadian universities, but the grades to get into Canadian schools back then, I'm sure it's the same it is now, real difficult. Um, so I went to a junior college, played basketball for a year, and then just, I don't know, I just didn't see much future. I kind of was not focused, and then I, uh, yeah, I started playing junior football, which which for the Langley Rams and, and out there in BC, and kind of at that point realized that better. I realized the CFL was an option. That's kind of what happened. I realized, you know what, I'm not going to the NBA, but I'm athletic enough to play. I knew I knew some guys who played in the CFL, and I kind of said, if I worked as hard as they do, I could probably pull it off. And that was kind of it, really. I just, it was more, uh, I had no choice. I had nothing else cooking. And so I better, I better use my athletic talent and go get it. And at that point, I really dedicated myself, like diet, school, everything for the next five years. I mean, this is a crazy story. Because you basically saying from Delta played B-ball. I'm assuming, like, did you play high school football? I did not. No, we didn't have a team in my high school, so I didn't play high school. I I did play when I was 15. I played on the community team one year um, with my butt. So I had played football before in high school, but it was for the community team. Um, Then how did you get down from – so you played junior football in, in BC. How did you end up at Oregon? Yeah, a completely unseen going to junior college. I, I went to junior college. People say, did you have a scholarship? Did you pay? I didn't have a scholarship. I didn't. It was worse than not paying. The coach had never even seen me play football. He was like, come on down. Like, you're paying your own way. I don't give a crap what you do. Come on. You're welcome to come. You'll be one of our 100 players. So I just basically walked on there. And there was a there was something called the Firefighters Grant. So, again, like. I was. I had nothing else going on. There was a. You could borrow ten thousand dollars from the government um, to take this firefighter school at Butte College, it's where Aaron Rodgers went as well. You guys have probably heard of that yeah. from him. But, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. So there's a bunch of Canadians there. There was probably ten Canadians on my team. A bunch of cool cats, and I, and I had a couple of buddies that were already there, and they're like, "Man, this Chico, California, is the party capital. It was one of the best schools in in America for partying. And you're gonna give me ten thousand a ten thousand dollar student loan." to go and be a firefighter. And, and I was like, I'm in. So I just took it, went down there and same thing. I was, definitely wasn't a scholarship player. They didn't know my name. I don't think when I got there. And then from there, you ended up at Oregon. Yeah. I mean, I was, I had a good career there. I was an all American and I was a, a junior college all American and was, you know, got recruited and, and had some offers out of, out of uh, Juco. And yeah. then I went to, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking but, tight, dude. What a wild story. I had definitely grinding an out of the mud, man. Definitely yes. an underwhelming career. I think I definitely had the, the 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 weakest college career for someone who started games in the NFL, 
Um, I definitely had the weakest college career. I don't think I had a I, I definitely have an interception. Didn't I didn't even start in college. I was a backup at, at in college. Okay, so now here's my next question. Sorry, Bellis. I, I'm very I, – this is intriguing to me, man. I love the Canadian stories because I think all the Canadian guys have their own, like, crazy experience of how they ended up over there, you know. And part of it's luck, at least for me. It's like part of it, right place, right time. But uh, you broke your leg in college. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I was I so, was basically Oregon for six weeks, basically. Yeah, and you broke your leg and still made it to the league. Like, yeah. why I'm so fascinated this belly? Why I'm so fascinated? I'm asking these questions is because as a guy who's been there, some of these like all these things that I'm saying about Davis should be the kiss of death of not getting to the NFL, but yeah. somehow my guy has been able to fucking bulldoze his way through all of this shit. And still scrap it out. So that's why I'm kind of I'm very intrigued, man. So you you show up at Oregon, break your leg. You said, and then yeah, like so how did did you was it a pro yeah. day? Was it like JUCO yeah. or did you have to go to a bunch of like tryout balls? Like how how did it work from there? Thank thank God for the ratio because <laughs> if there wasn't a Canadian ratio, I had no chance. So yeah, so I played I played five games at Oregon, maybe six games in my junior. I was a junior college transfer, so. I played the first six games my junior year, and I shattered my ankle. I was out for a year and a half, missed the whole rest of that season, my whole senior season, and then I applied for a medical hardship to get an extra senior season. Yeah. And they denied yeah. me. Yeah, okay. I declined that, and so just like I said, if I was a a guy has zero stats in college, you're not going to the CFL, no matter what you're doing. But because I wasn't definitely wasn't going to the NFL, but because I was Canadian, uh, I fit in the CFL draft for Canadians, and I went to the combine and. And uh, ripped it up because Blew I was, up. yeah, because I was just because I, you know, I played in the Pac-10, and so I was having my way with some of the CIS receivers. I was probably doing pretty well against those guys, and that was kind of it. Yeah. Did you find uh -huh. that at that point the Pac-10 was probably? I don't know if you disagree or agree with this, but the Pac-10 is probably the closest style of football to the CFL because I feel like the Pac-10. It's weird because now it's called the Pac-12. Yeah. It's always yeah. loaded with athletes. But it's a little more spread out compared to like the Big Ten, where you get your kind of like yeah. big hogs, you get your Wisconsin O lineman type shit. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I think back then it was it was your guys like uh, what's the name was there like R.J. Sauer and and Mort was little Morton, Chad Morton was there at, at yeah. USC. And yeah, you were with him. <laughs> my guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, pretty good in college, huh? Yeah, he was a stud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, so, great dude. Yeah, bunch of West Coast guys and and speed and uh, you definitely people have what they lots to say about the pack 10 and 12 versus you know the big 12 and 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 the big 10 and the and the sec but yeah definitely a different style of game for sure okay i know we got some limited time belly's got a couple questions for you i got one more football question then we'll get into the fun stuff this is all well, for me man i just love uh, talking about this sorry <laughs> Luke, what do you got no, so I like, I'm curious, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you spend ahead, a couple years in the CFL. The Chargers then come calling. You end up with with them for a couple years. What was the biggest difference, CFL to NFL? Because to me, my mind immediately would go to like travel. Yeah. But is, was there any like particular moments you're like, whoa, like this is this is different? I'm definitely not. I'll tell you another quick story here. I'm definitely not painting a picture of of greatness here. Uh, I because <laughs> this is going to sound even worse. I actually. Even coming out of the CFL, I, I have broke my I broke my wrist in my after my rookie year in the CFL when I was 
getting NFL looks. I broke my wrist and I had a lot of interceptions. I led the league interceptions. Um, and I knew I was going to get a shot. And then I broke my wrist, I think the Eastern final. And fortunately for me, because I broke my wrist, I, you know, when you have that, that window to go try out for teams, I couldn't run 40. So teams that want you to come and, and train and, and run, I couldn't run. So I'm, I'm five, nine. I literally run, I legit run a four, six, like I'm slow. So I had to go run. So I would have to go run for the Chargers and I was going to the Colts and to the Redskins uh, at the time. I get canceled for saying that. Um, at the time, the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team. Um, yeah, so so if I go run, if I don't have a cast on my head and I run, I'm going to run four, high 4-6, four, mid 4-6, and at 5-9, no one NFL team signing me. But if you, you know, film – I can cover my little ass off because I'm quick and I, I'm good with angles and I got good ball skills, so I can cover, but I need to get to the field first. So fortunately, I couldn't work out for the Chargers because I had a cast on my wrist. And A.J. Smith, the GM at the time, um, he basically was like, look, we don't need to see – we've seen enough film. We don't need to see this guy run. run. We know he can cover. We know he can run with professional receivers. If they signed me. Once I got to camp, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't uh, stick out. I can, I can cover, so – I was fine in camp because I can hold my own, but if I would have had to run, I'd have been in big trouble because I'm slow as shit and I'm small. That's kind of wild. Yeah. Now, it's, it's a, definitely strange. Talk about luck. That's part of the luck thing again. That's, that's why we talk about putting uh, putting out good tape. Yeah. 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 Here's another thing, uh, Davis, and this one is specifically. You might we, be fast. We get in a lot of debates. You might be fast. Yeah. You're six, I don't you're know. Six, I don't know. Six, seven, six, seven, and two, seven. To, complete opposite in the spectrum. The the yeah. high end of athletic talent and size versus the low end <laughs> of athletic talent and size. You're probably you know faster it's, than me. hundred pounds more than me. Linearly, I was always pretty good, but you just said like you were good, very quick. You know, covering dudes. Where like my weakest spot, I felt like was you know when I couldn't just be upright running. You know, I could still move a bit. But I'm like, damn, dude, if I could ever get like a little quickness, I might be the complete package. But I, <laughs> excuse me, I was more of a straight line guy. Um, what would you say the difference was locker room wise, if there was any, between the CFL and the NFL? Like, was it the atmosphere that much drastically different or was it still pretty similar like both? Uh, that's something – and I'm hoping that you take a dump on the CFL because we get into it all the time. And producer Alec, he this guy fucking he loves the CFL. He loves it. And I just love hating on it to piss him off. So I'm just gonna well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that ball on the tee for you. We you know yeah. what we we could save this for like another another time. We can talk NFL versus CFL in conversation because I, I love this conversation. I think I'm the perfect person to to, yeah. to advocate for it because I'm a I'm a strong. I love the CFL also. But I'm, but I'm also aware enough not to compare the two. Like the NFL is the best league in the world, and because the field is bigger and there's three downs, you can't say the league is better because of that. And I just, I, I find, I just different find game. Agreed. It's, it's a different game, and, and I think, and I find for Canadians too, our me- Canadians are messed. That we have this, especially Toronto and Vancouver people, we have this like inferiority complex. It's like the what's it called the toronto fc is the 15th best soccer league in the world probably not 15 probably better than that but whatever they're they're down there. yeah and everyone's like toronto fc is great it's like the cfl is the second best football league in the world like Facts. embrace it yes. embrace it for what it is 
don't try to compare it to the NFL because there's no flipping comparison. NFL is the best That's a great league point. in the world in any in any sport. Forget about football. The NFL is king of everything, at least in my opinion. And and, and viewers will say the same thing. But uh, that's my thing. And I would say the locker room question to answer it is a, uh, it's it's very different. And and the big thing is because in the NFL, I shut my mouth. Like I'm a I'm a big mouth guy. I talk a lot. In the NFL, I, I didn't say shit. I basically was in there for my two years I was in there. I didn't talk a hell of a lot. I kind of and it's you're protecting your check, right? Like you're protecting the bag, as the kids say. Like, so I think it's a lot different. There's a lot of fighting in the CFL locker room or arguing and people chattering because NFL, you know that you get in there, you kind of stay in your lane. You don't want to mess up, you know, financial freedom for you and your family the rest of your life. So everyone kind of just stays in their lane when the practice is over, you go home, you know? Yeah, interesting. All right, enough uh, football yeah. chat. Luke Bellis. Ask him, ask him about the WSOP, man. I need to know. I need to know, man. This is a Luke Bell special right here. So, yeah, this was, this was the news that we dropped on Luke right before the interview. So you retired from the CFL. Let me know if I got this correctly. And then three weeks later, you were in Vegas at the World Series of Poker? Probably around then, yeah. Yeah. The exact dates. Dude, but that's I, fucking – why don't you tell me this, this shit, man? Yeah, I just like weird – look, I'm a, let's, let's say this first. I'm a losing poker player. Like I lost hundreds of thousands. Like I, I, I was a, I played big stakes poker and it was, like played a lot. And it took me a few years after I just kept off dumping off money and realized, okay, you're not good at this. Like give it up. So, but I did, I didn't want to get a job and work and I liked, always liked to gamble. So I just, and I thought I have good instincts like in life and in football and instincts. I'm, I have, I'm pretty good at that. And so I thought I could use my instincts and be good at poker, but I have no patience and I'm terrible at math and I'm a cycle like check raise bluff all my chips away. So yeah, I, I, poker wasn't poker wasn't great for me, but I, yeah, you're right, Luke. I uh, I took a run at it for sure. And how'd that go? How I don't. I just I, told you not too damn good. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I lost a couple hundred grand. You want to talk? Keep talking about it, asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, next, next. We didn't. That's not what we knew. We didn't know that. We were hoping to be like, yeah, man, went down there, left football, beat a bunch of poker players' asses. That's on us, man. We didn't know. We didn't know. Not, I was pretty amped not, to just hear that. Not my best follow-up question. I will admit. No, I keep no. I'm just teasing. I keep. I keep it. I'm just joking. It wasn't like life changing. I keep it 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, I know we're we're, we're the clock's ticking here. So then, when did you get into the sport side of sport gambling, specifically with football? And do you think that we're going to crack FanDuel for the Super Bowl this year? I think we need to do a Super Bowl like like a hard one. I, and I know everybody hates this, but I feel like you you will ride with us. Oh yeah, like I think. We are put you interested together. in putting to like a seven leg parlay with some alt lines, but not alt low, like alt up? So get some okay. of that plus money. It'll be somewhere around 80 to 90 to one for the Super Bowl. I mean, we got two weeks to crunch it. We got two weeks. Yeah. So you're talking about an actual um, Super Bowl parlay, like a massive Super Bowl parlay. We're going to watch all these playoffs. I'm deep right now. I watched every game with the magnifying glass out last week. I'm I'm fucking locked, man. (laughs) I'm going to be reading all sorts of shit, and we have two weeks to put it together. Two weeks. I'm talking like, boom. This cat's going to get in or like so-and-so his line is 30, but he's going to get 60. Let's take that. Boom. You know, I know we can't do defensive stuff, but basically I feel like I started the year off with FanDuel and I was just, I hit him with a couple of haymakers. That's how I felt. 
And I'm like, man, I was really feeling myself. And now all of a sudden, I've just gotten fucking slapped, Davis. I've been getting <laughs> slapped, slapped. I, I landed a few light jabs. That's all. Just a couple light jabs. And then I've just been eating, eating punches on the fucking chin. However, we're like Rocky over here, man. You know what I'm saying? We got up. I don't know. I don't even know what Rocky movie it is. But we got to knock them out in the final fucking round. We're down. The, the rounds right now, we're in round 15. And we're probably down Let's what? Go. Let's go. You know, 12 to... Let's call it 12 to 2. Hey, <laughs> but we we'll, get a K on the 15th, it counts. Fandle oh, that's the timer I said. There's the timer. Oh, they, when we're done with them, the FanDuel will be eating out of soup kitchen. All right, let's, let's go get their ass. Let's go. Um, Hell we, had yeah. a good talk. we had a good talk this afternoon, kind of putting like what you do well and I do well and what Luke does well and kind of like put it together. And, and you know, like I see some, there's some shit there for sure. Um I like it. Let, let me let me throw something at you guys here. This is something I really like, and, and I and I saw it earlier. And we'll see if FanDuel offers it, but I did see it somewhere online. Um, I love this. I actually I, I'm jamming it in right now. Eagles okay. and Chiefs. Eagles and Chiefs in the Super Bowl plus four fifty. Like how is that look, plus four fifty? It's plus four fifty right now to to meet in the Super Bowl. Like the Chiefs are wow. the Chiefs are gonna smack Jacksonville, so it's really gonna be yes they are. I'm fully mm-hmm. confident in that. So we're confident in that. Are we confident that the Eagles smack the Giants? Yes. I'm pretty, 100%. I'm pretty confident. I can too. go deep in yeah. that one. Yes. Right. So those two, we can basically, nothing's a lock. We can walk through those two, feel pretty good. Then it's just, can the Chiefs beat the Bills or the Bengals? And can the Eagles at home, I mean, obviously that's a neutral game, but at home, I like the Eagles over the Niners. I'm in, I'm in love with the Niners right now, but at home, I'll take the Eagles at home. I do. I do too. And I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I'm going to have to jump on that bandwagon plus, right plus after this. Right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to jump on it right after this. That's my best play. What do you guys got? You got there anything else for, uh, I go pick up my kiddos. You got anything else, anything else great for uh, lock locks for this weekend before I get, before I get in for the line changes. Well, I was just about to ask you if there's anything other than that Super Bowl special, are there any games? Are there any player props, anything that, kind of has caught your attention at this point yeah. of the week yeah i like i like i like uh your guy i bet you i bet you you two knowing your guys's patterns and what i've seen from you two i guarantee you guys are already on this watch this watch this i'm gonna say it i haven't talked to any of you guys i promise you're on this right now you're on dallas goddard overs oh yeah holy fuck you guys you on dallas goddard overs? yeah huh? yeah yeah that's going on the no. fanduel parlay we've already got two legs in the fanduel parlay how do you know that because I'll tell you why. Because I know a lot of times you look at tight ends. Obviously, you, you yes. should be looking at tight ends. Yes. And when I looked at at what uh, TJ Hawkinsjock did last week to the Giants, yeah, like what's gonna happen? What's Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard gonna do? So that's that's one of the reasons. But I knew it. Yeah, I, we're going in. Yeah. Yes, two of the legs. We got to get two more. But two of the legs in that one, I are gonna be Goddard uh, alt fifty. I think right now his line's fifty one. And then uh, we're going to do Barkley receiving 25. Reason being is, I think last week there's been a big, oh, my God, these guys look good. You say you saw Isaiah Hodgkins or Hodgins. Is it Hodgins? Hodgins, yeah. Uh, you got Darius Slayton had a couple bombs, whatever. Danny Dines, two for 300. And everyone's kind of getting to this like, oh, maybe they can throw the ball. Listen, everybody knows this defense for the Vikings was fucking trash in the secondary. Now, all of a sudden, you got Slay. You got Bradbury. You've got a good yeah. pass rush. Hassan Reddick might be the most underrated pass rusher in the NFL right now, and he drops back in coverage. 
bro, they're going to be down. They're going to be trying to get quick passes out, maybe a screen, uh-huh. slow this pass rush down. And if that's not enough to get 25 receiving yards for Saquon in the quarter when they're down 10 points, they're going to be dumping it off to him, and we'll that's get we'll pick play. up some garbage one. That's a good play. I'm taking. I'm going to add. So I'm already on the guard. We're thinking alike. I didn't think about the Saquon. I like that a lot. I am jumping on the Saquon. Also, so we Danny need two Dimes. more. Yeah, how about yeah, Danny, Danny Dimes Dimes what? under 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 rushing? Under rushing. Yeah. Look. The, the, so here's here's my take on that. This is one of my plays. I have well, to. We're so cooking. We we're cooking. Right, yeah. Um. Uh. Vikings play. Vikings play a ton of too high. Like almost all too high. So. That's why they yes. were. That's why Danny Dimes was rushing because they were one light in the box already playing too high, and then you're you're going RPO with Saquon, and now you're now they were out they were outnumbering him. That's why he kept getting. That's why Danny Dimes kept getting big rush yards. They're not going to have that. The Eagles don't play too high all the time. They don't need to. They have two good corners, so they'll have the extra Great guy corners. in the box. Yes, and their linebackers are faster. So faster linebackers don't need to play too high. So they have an extra man in the box. Danny Dimes is not going to get those same rushing numbers or, or attempts that he had last week. So, yeah, I like Danny. So we Dimes got our third leg. Bingo. I like we that. We got our third leg. We'll, con- we'll I know you got to go. We'll converse later this week, get our fourth one. That'll be on the app. This I went on Jay Onright show, and, and I guaranteed – it was joke guaranteed, so not actual guarantee, but I said I'm not losing another parlay that goes on this, <clears throat> that goes on this show again. So <laughs> this is one. We've got three of the four legs. Potentially, depending on what that gives us, I might just keep it there. Davis, appreciate your time, man, and I hope we're not making you late. And uh, I'll hey, we'll, we'll thanks see you for soon. having me, fellas. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Hope to do it again. Yes, All sir. Right, sounds good. So, Luke, one of the like fascinating things I find uh, that we didn't really get to mention with Davis there for a Canadian kid, um, there's a lot going against you other than just like your ability to play ball, you know? And what I mean by that is I'm in a situation now where I'm like, I was actually on the phone today talking about a youngster from Canada. And, you know, right now it's even tougher because in Ontario, they canceled two seasons of high school football due to COVID. Whereas you can imagine in the great state of Texas, I'm not sure they canceled one. (laughs) So now all of a sudden you're already behind the able and you don't have two years of high school film and you're sitting there and you're kind of stuck and there's a crazy amount of people trying to get scholarships because I believe the one year that was canceled NCAA wise coat because of COVID also added like, you know, you were allowed to come back for a fifth year or whatever. Uh, and that's not, that's across different sports. So it's a tough time to be a Canadian getting uh, scouted scholarships, whatever. But what's even tougher is a lot of these guys, like in Texas, I found this, and again, today it was a different state, but similar vibes where I call this guy. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Again, trying to help a youngster out. He's like, you know, the head coach, when they get in there, one of the big things they tell the AD, they go to the papers, they control the narrative, the media is like, hey, we're going to recruit Texas kids. We're a Texas college. We love Texas high school football. We want to recruit Texas kids. And now all of a sudden it's like you get a kid from Canada that you might think is a little better than the Texas kid, but you're not sure because he doesn't have yeah. the film. And even if he does have the film, it's not, you know, the same quality of football. You don't know where his mental headspace is compared to a Texas kid who's been getting treated like shit since he was five years old in the name of playing better football. Okay. And then, and if you fuck it up, 
you got to go to the donors and be like, yeah, I passed on so-and-so's tight end. Yeah. Who's a notorious high school football coach who now doesn't give me any of his players for a Canadian kid who didn't work out. So it's like, there's a lot of factors that go into being Canadian and getting a scholarship. Uh, and it's tough, but I thought that story by Davis was pretty cool. And he downplays it like, Oh, I wasn't good. I wasn't this for yeah. him to be able to go through all of the, that adversity and fucking do what he did in CFL play a couple years in the NFL, you know, it's very, very impressive to me. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, he won three great cups and like we said, the most impressive thing after was just rolling on to the poker scene, which I, I feel like that's like, that's a story that a lot of people could have. It's just like, yeah, I just, I thought I could go play. Like I didn't want to have a job. So I'm just going to go play professional poker. It's just like you get down there. And I would love to try it, but I feel like I'd go down there and have the exact same experience of like, I just, I have not cut out to do this. So do you, know? you ever play poker with your buddies? Yeah. Yeah. We have like the odd poker night here or there. Nothing and, crazy. and how do those go? Uh, you, you usually play like six or seven hands before guys start getting drunk or start eating and then... Yeah. The night either goes that way or you get like an actual night. Like I find with, with playing, there's playing with buddies and then there's like going to like a poker night. There's like two different. Yeah. Agreed. Things like I, that. I don't do ask? it anymore, Luke. I don't, yeah. I, I ask because I think I've mentioned this before, but I have a horseshoe stuck up my ass. All right. I'm the guy who wins 50 fifties. You know, yeah. I've been very lucky at some casino. I'll bet very small odds on the roulette table and it'll hit. And I was like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I'm fucking lucky. You know, there was a cartoon as a kid, Lucky Luke. He was, a, I believe he was a cowboy. And that was my guy. Maybe, maybe Lucky Luke gave me some vibes. Maybe we're both Lucky Luke. Who knows? Maybe. But that being said, I started playing and a couple of my friends, a couple of fellas, as we mentioned on here before, they're not pro poker guys, but they like know the odds and they fucking or know some of the odds and they have a general idea how to play the game. I don't. Yeah. I go in there and yeah, I understand like a two seven offsuit is the worst hand in poker. Yeah. But sometimes, especially if I'm ice cold, I'll be like, fuck, you know what? I'm going, I'm going. And I fucking bet it. And now yeah. all of a sudden the flop is a pair of twos and a seven. And I'm sitting on a fucking full house. And then we all play it up, and an ace and a king comes, and I'll go all in, and then be like, oh, you know, some guy's got fucking one ace, ace a pair two. of aces, yeah. and a pair of twos. And we yeah. flip it over, and I won because – not because I'm good at poker, but because I'm lucky as fuck. And these dudes will fucking be irate at me. They'll be like, dude, that's not how you fucking play the game. This is bullshit. Like, fuck you for even doing that. And I'm like – what like i had an intuition that this might get lucky i'll probably get burned the odd time i don't and now all of a sudden i'm a fucking prick it's not a fun game it's not a fun game when if you don't play by the exact rules everybody wants now all of a sudden you're a piece of shit that's why sure. i don't play no more sure but 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 if you and i were sitting at a blackjack table and i wasn't maybe playing the way that that you that you like i would kill you i would kill there you you go but that's because we're on the same fucking team. It's us against the dealer. So we have a thing. We have a thing. And it, it, when we're down in AZ, 
I do owe. There's a couple casinos that I owe beat down to. One of those casinos, uh, well, the main one is the Cosmopolitan in Vegas. Now, the last time I went there, I did land a few jabs, but overall, I'm still down there, so I got to get it back big. But one of the biggest L's I've ever taken was in Arizona at a, at a uh, casino called Talking Sticks. But you'll love this. So me and the boys, whenever we're out, we're gambling. I have a very strict set of rules at the blackjack table. Very yeah. strict. Yeah, but I feel like you'll appreciate these. So the fellows will go. Last time we had uh, one of our good friends. His name is Mike Chanduz. We were at his bachelor party in Vegas. This is about a year ago. Maybe, maybe a little less, actually. And uh, we commandeer an empty table. And the rule is we only celebrate table wins. Table wins. So it doesn't matter. If you're betting 100 bucks, 200 bucks, five bucks, whatever the table min is, don't give a shit. If we have seven guys at a table and one guy loses and you win, you accept your money and you just stone face, you know? However, let's say yep. dealer puts up 16, you know, and we're all like, stay, 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 or six showing, I should say. Boom, boom, boom. 16 comes up, dealer bus. I'll usually yell out a basketball player's number. So, like, let's say it's 16 plus 7. Correct me if my math's wrong here. That's 23. So, I'll start screaming, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, before they flip it over. It's all about the theatrics for me. Boom, comes over. We're like, Michael Jordan, and we'll just go fuck. You would think we just won $35,000. The whole table's like, table win! Let's fucking go! And then we sit back down. And we wait for table wins because it's not fun. If we all don't win, I don't want to sit here and win belly and see you lose. You're my guy. You're my fucking guy. I don't want to be happy if you're losing. Is that fair? Yeah. No, that's all. Casino nights with your boys can go south so quickly. It just takes like no, one how, guy. How? Getting, oh, man. It, it just cleaned takes out? one guy getting like cleaned out quickly. And then the vibes just get thrown off and when you're a university baseball team that's in town just for the night and like a couple guys are already yeah. out a couple hundred bucks it's like all right fellas yeah, like tough. let's just let's go to the burger king and uh and maybe regroup but we might have to have an all-time uh casino night in arizona i mean it sounds Played like we gotta rule. go you... we gotta go punch how back. well how well versed are you in blackjack i'm 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 versed so like you're not going to split can... tens, correct? No, no. Thank I God. Split tens. Like that to no, me, no, no. when people will be like, oh, he's got a six up. I've got 20. I'm like, listen, I love to gamble as much as the next guy. But when you have a win, you keep the win. You don't split the win up. I will say the six dealers, dealers always seem to find a way to, to make sure the six Agreed. gets home. That second card flips. It's a four. There comes the 10. You're sitting there with a 19 against a six, and all of a sudden you're dead. But uh, dead. no, I, I, the, the thing with me is I did the trips to Quebec in first year to go there when, you know, with the legal age and all that stuff. So I made the mistakes when I was 18 years old at, at Casino de Montreal of, of splitting tens and, and all the unwritten rules of blackjack. I made all those mistakes when I was, when I was younger. So now at the, at the, at the old age of 25, I, I feel, I feel uh, experienced enough to take on Arizona. Oh, let's get so it. Let's about, get it right. Yeah, enough about us. We got to talk about the teams that are trying to get to Arizona. You want to talk some football briefly? On let's this talk on some this, ball on this football podcast. 
let's just uh, let's rip through the games. Uh, let's get. I want to get a pick from you, ATS. He needs to spread each game. So I'm gonna pull up Vandal Canada real quick. Jags Chiefs. The first That's game, game one, correct? Here, yes. I'm just pulling up the okay. spread. I'm just gonna. I believe it's seven and a half. Does that sound right? Eight and a half now. Eight Jags half. Chiefs. Okay, Chiefs minus eight and a half. Let's get your thoughts. So, this is what I'll say about this game. One, you got somewhat of a letdown spot from last week for the Jags. I mean, they're out here, crazy comeback, et cetera, et cetera. Hats off to them. Hats off for battling. Hats off for going at the half and figuring that shit out and coming out. I do have to place some of the blame on the Chargers. Just fucking what, talk about laying an egg in the second half. Absolutely god-awful. But I think the Jags are good. However, I look at this situation, and it brings me back. There's a couple years, specifically my second year, I remember we had the bye again. We were the one seed, and we had the Carolina Panthers coming to town. This is the Cam Newton times. Cam Newton next year was the MVP, I think, and went to the Super Bowl. Carolina was really good, and everyone was kind of like, we had had a rocky start that year. Um, you know, maybe didn't blow as many teams out as we had liked. But the one thing we kind of knew was how to do this thing. We knew how to win the playoffs. We had just done yeah. it the year before. We were very good at that. And I think we all knew what was on the line, so to speak. So what I'm saying by that is like you sit there, even though, yeah, it's a rest week. It's not a bye week. for the. I'm talking now for the Chiefs. Not a bye week. You're at home. You had an extra week to prepare. Again, you're in the facility practicing. Andy Reid ain't letting those boys off. You know, maybe they took a couple of days off, but they're still in town. And everybody kind of knows, I'm assuming, it's a somewhat of a veteran locker room. Guys have been there for a while. Your police, like, listen, this is not the weekend to go fuck off and go to Vegas and get fucked up. Like, we have an yeah. opportunity here to, to change everybody's life. I mean, I, I think of me now, like, at the time I didn't get it. But it's like my rookie year, we won a Super Bowl, like, that stays with you forever. Like the rest of my life, I'm a quote unquote Super Bowl champ. Yes. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of wild to think of it, but it's like they have a great opportunity to do it again. They've won one. The Chiefs have not everybody in that locker room, but some of the guys, they've lost one. So they know what it's like. Yeah. I really am playing on this factor that like Mahomes, Kelsey, they realize how fragile the situation is. They realize when I say fragile, like, they could easily get beat by anybody. This is the NFL now. You're in the playoffs. You had a week to prepare. I think they're going to come out salivating, chomping at the bit. They're at home in Arrowhead. Potentially the last game they play in Arrowhead this year. And I think they fucking roll the Jags. And that's not a shot at the Jags. It's not a shot at the Jags, bro. I think the no. Jags are good. No, yeah, yeah. I think they'll keep it somewhat close, but it'll some point it'll be too much. And the next thing I'll say, and I'll end on this rant, is the Trevor Lawrence turnovers, if that happens, obviously not to the same degree as last week, but if one or two of them happen, this will not be the situation of the Chargers. They will take the fucking dagger, this is the yeah. Chiefs, stab them in the heart with it, and twist that bad boy around if they turn the ball over. And I'm assuming that they're, the, the Jaguars will do it at least once. So I'm going to go eight and a half a lot, but I'm going to go Chiefs by ten. Chiefs by 10. There you have it. Uh, similar situation with the second game. They could, they got both one seeds playing on the Saturday. NFC East battle. 
Eagles Giants. I, I feel like the immediate thought for me was New York's going to keep this game close. New York's going to keep this game close. Uh, third time seeing a divisional rival. But as the week's gone on, and you know the status of Jalen Hurts' shoulder, take that for what it is, uh, I, I could see Philly pulling away in the second half of this game. I think the Giants gave them a good shot early, but I think they benefited from a couple of things last week, playing the Vikings, playing on a turf field, uh, having the bye week basically the week prior. They rested some starters. Now you have, you know, playing a, a, you know, playing the next week. It's on grass. It's against the Eagles. I think this could be an entertaining one, but I think the score late could look a little ugly for Giants fans. What do you think? I, I think you just nailed it, Luke. It's one of those things where last week the Giants looked epic. And they're a good team. They're a good team. But this Eagles team is a great team. At least they have the ability to be great. They've had some moments where they've been inconsistent, for sure. And we got to see how healthy Jalen Hurts is. But the way I look at it, I don't think that they opened up their full offense, their full game plan the second time they played, just because of the magnitude of the game. I mean, the Giants had nobody playing. Eagles yeah. did, but again, I think they kept things pretty close to the vest. And you look at last week, and you sit there and you're like, wow, Danny Dimes, I think, threw for over 300, and Hodgins had a bunch of catches, Slayton had some catches. And these guys are good players, but they're also playing a banged-up, trash secondary in Minnesota Yeah, that has not played. I shouldn't say trash. That's fucked up. I don't really love the coverage scheme Minnesota was doing. Trash statistically, they had some good players. But I uh, I sit here and I'm like, okay, the Eagles, on the other hand, have great players in secondary. They have good veterans in that locker room. A couple guys that are still there from the year they won it. Again, like to kind of police that locker room. Jalen Hurts can really answer a lot of questions this year. Like can really put himself in the conversation of that, is he up there with the best quarterbacks in the league? I would say he is, you know, before he got hurt, I think he was an MVP favorite, but this will really put that stamp on that. I just can't see the Giants walking in, being able to sling the ball around like they did last week, not against this team. They have a lot of people who can get to the pass or to the passer and Daniel Jones. Again, divisional game, they know each other. I think it'll be very, very, very physical. I think the Giants defense is understatingly or under. Over, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but they're very good. They're very <laughs> understated. Is that fair? Is that what I'm trying to say right now, Luke? I don't know. They're underestimated. Healthy, underestimated, fair, they're, whatever you want to say. They're playing good ball. They're playing good ball, and they they got healthier. They got healthier DB, et cetera, et cetera. But I just think it'll be too much, dude. I think they'll come out again, home game in Philly in January. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Their quarterback can scramble. Goddard's healthy, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. It'll be too much. They'll be able to put up 28 points, and I just don't think the Giants will be able to put up that kind of numbers against this defense. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I uh, So, like, I talk about him all the time. My old roommate, big Eagles fan, very sharp football yeah. mind, the, 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 uh, the guy who is convinced that throwing it at the one-yard line was a good play. I, I still yeah, am going to have to get YouTube chatting at some point. but So he's he's had me on the Eagles since way back. 
So I love this Eagles team. It feels like we've been waiting for this playoff run for a little while. I'm excited to see that get going. But we got to talk about the game that I think everyone's got circled. I mean, we got all four games circled, but this one's got the star next to it. Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo five and a half point favorites. Sunday afternoon is a big one. I'm not sure why the line is what it is. Like, why is the line minus five and a half for the Buffalo Bills? Can the you Bengals explain are, that to me? The Bengals are pretty banged up. I, I think they're missing three linemen. Three guys on the O-line. I mean... I think they got some injuries in the secondary. Like, they're they pretty... Against a very good run game team in Baltimore. And probably the worst matchup that they can have. Cincy and Baltimore. Baltimore really mucked that game up. 10-minute drive. J.K. Dobbins running wild. That ain't this offense now. That ain't this offense. And I'm telling you, I think Joe Burrow, they'll go quick game. They'll figure it out. Again, not having Vaughn Miller is going to hurt them, especially with the banged-up O-line. They've got a week now. You'll see a lot of the backs will be protecting. I bet you Hayden Hurst will be doing a lot of chip blocking. They can protect Joe Burrow. Look out. Again, and the other thing is the secondary for the Bills has been banged up all year. It's been banged up all year since the beginning days, you know? And I don't yeah, know the status of Micah Hyde. Is Micah Hyde back? Yeah, I think they've gotten healthy at the right time as well. I think that's a, a unit that's that's on the right side of health right now. I mean, and how about our guy Hayden Hurst? Like, dude, they protect Joe Burrow. You're telling me that this Buffalo team is going to stop Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Boyd and Hayden Hurst. So it didn't look like that a couple weeks ago, right? A couple weeks ago, that Monday nighter, the Bengals were rolling yeah. early. They were moving it on that third drive of the game as well. It the this line is it's a weird line. Um, I, is Demar Hamlin going to be at the game? I mean, maybe. Right. Maybe. Are the Bills going to lose with him in attendance? There's been a lot of talk lately about the script writers. Are the, the Bills going to turn the ball over 30 times? Luke, be honest with me. This is the question I've, I've been dying to ask you since the day I met you. When did you learn that the NFL was scripted? How did, on, how did they man. break that news to you? Right? Did, was it when you got I, drafted? Was it like, how did they? I do have somewhat of a conspiracy about the NFL. Sometimes when I was playing, I did find that if games got out of hand, the refs would try and get it closer. Sure. But I don't know if that's scripted or if that's human nature, man. Like, but that's okay, sports. Down that's 24. sports. Luke, I, I coach a U21 baseball team. I, I like I, when we get up big in games, the, the zone changes, right? Like that's that's yes. sports. I don't think that's the NFL being rigged, but. Just been so much talk about the script and all that stuff lately. I've, I've seen it all over social media. I don't know what you must have heard stuff like that when you're in the league, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it is fun, and I love a good conspiracy theory as much as the next guy. But there's no way, like, there's too many moving parts in a football game. Like, there's just I, too many moving parts. You can't. I remember what's going to uh, happen. Well, shit. I remember the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks Broncos. 
Super Bowl. I remember there was a thing going around Twitter after that Peyton Manning was seen shaking the ref's hand in the uh, the tunnel after the game, and there was an exchange of money, and the Broncos uh the Broncos had had thrown that game. I was like, sure, like, that's we, not true, bro. We smacked him, bro. <laughs> we smacked him. I knew we were – I've told you this on the pod. I We we matched up very well against that team. The Super Bowl was played two weeks earlier. We matched I up agree. very – our defense matched up extremely well with what they were trying to do conceptually on offense. They were very – Peyton didn't have the arm strength he once had, right? He had just came, he had came back from injury. His mind was arguably the greatest mind of all time, and he was able to sit there and dice up teams mentally. Hey, we're gonna. This is what this team plays. We're gonna motion this guy. Here's the matchup. Boom. You know this guy's open. Boom. Hit the guy. Uh oh. Uh oh, boys. I gotta plug my computer in. One sec. Oh, oh boy. Bad ball. Bad ball here. It's been a long afternoon. Sorry about that. No, so good. bad. Back to the Peyton thing. I'm like, you know, the issue with playing our team at that time was that. We just lined up in what is now called Seattle three. There are no surprises. Yeah. And we had guys that could really fucking cover and were really smart. So it was like now all of a sudden, like, I think I've told you this, but big Ben diced this one time. I was like, holy shit. Your guy, Andrew Luck did T Y Hilton yeah. exposed us on some shit. But the problem was like, if you didn't have a guy who could really fucking sling it and basically like, yo, the, the, the window to throw this ball, you yeah. got to throw a heater. It ain't going to work. And they couldn't run the ball very well. I believe Sean was their guy. Sean Moreno, great NFL back. I'm not saying taking anything away from him, but their run game wasn't, like, dominant. So now it's yeah. like, you can't run. We're going to put a little pressure. We had a good pass rush, and we can cover our asses off. And we're not really putting our guys in vulnerable spots. And that's how you end up with only eight fucking points. In a couple – I think we were plus two in the turnover margin, maybe more. Let's fucking go. And that's how you end up 43 to eight. Let's fucking go. No Sean Moreno, a funny, funny quick story with no Sean Moreno. My dad and I were watching a Broncos playoff game and the camera pans over to him and the announcer goes, and no Sean Moreno at running back for the Denver Broncos today. And my dad looked over at me like deadpan and goes, what happened to Sean Moreno? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what a dad joke. That's all time. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Anytime I anytime I see that gif of no Sean Moreno crying, I just think of my dad turning and going, "What happened to Sean Moreno?" <laughs> I love that. I love that what so a, much. What a guy. Um, yes. And then so so you're going you're going Bengals plus five and a half there. I assume you like sure. you like them sure, to keep sure. it tight potentially win that game. Oh, yeah. That's that'd Josh be the Allen. Of the, they, week. the Bills can win now, but Josh Allen gonna have to do some crazy shit, which yeah. he can do. Can do you? How likely is it that the Cowboys? Uh, win that Sunday nighter. This one has me in a blender. I'll tell you why, Luke. It has me in a blender. Because everything that I know about football tells me they have no shot. But the Dak Prescott performance last week was fucking special, bro. I don't think I've ever seen him cook like that. Like, the week before, we're throwing... The week before, throwing pick sixes... Fucking balls behind a speed out to the field receiver. And then he comes in in the playoffs one week later. One motherfucking week later, 
against a defense that's not bad. I'm not saying they're the 85 Bears, but Tampa defense was not the issue this year. And oh my fucking God, was Dak cooking. He's he's extending plays with his feet. He's running for first downs. He runs for a TD. And I have it slinging the ball and distributing it everywhere. Schultz is getting in the action. Lamb's getting the action. Michael Gallup got in the action. Uh, what's his face? Noah Brown had a couple catches. I'm like, yep. who who is this man? So the reason I say that is going into it, I would have thought, okay, this front seven, very, very, very tough for the Niners. You know, that's going to be the battle. Can this vaunted rushing attack for Dallas wear them down, et cetera, et cetera, and maybe get some plays in the second half? Or is Dak going to have to sling the ball, which I did not like that idea. And now all of a sudden it's like, dude, maybe Dak can really sling it like that. I mean, he looked fucking good last week. And on the other side of the ball, I know you're going to be upset with me for saying this, Brock Purdy was a bit Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde last week. He was played very, very poor football in the first half. He missed a lot of throws. He looked a little jittery, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if – and I don't think Seattle was really confusing him. I think he just missed some guys. And it's like, you know, I think there was a lot of knocks on Seattle's defense this year. They were not very good. I'll tell you what Seattle's defense definitely does not – did not have. Micah Parsons. So that's my question. Are we going to see first half Brock or second half Brock? And does Micah Parsons just pin the ears back and get to Brock and smash him early and see how he handles that? So there's a lot. This one to me, there's the most questions about. But if Brock Purdy just manages this game and Dak Prescott doesn't play, he can play good. He's got to play fucking phenomenal again. I think the Niners win. But again, if Purdy is so-so, and Dak Prescott turns into Patrick Mahomes like he did last week, now all of a sudden we got a fucking tight one on our hands. Is that a fair assessment? You agree or disagree I, with me, Luke? I agree. Man, I can tell. To a, don't like to you don't a like degree. I okay. think the Bucks. I think the Bucks were bad. I think fair. the Bucks were like a bad football team. And I think the Agreed. Cowboys Agreed. just shit-kicked a bad football team. Purdy is... What gives me pause when it comes to the Niners? Their defense is yeah. is is as legit as Stout. legit gets, and in my opinion, I know you tend to give me some pushback no, on fair. that, but you know you could have talked about running back being a position that they needed to upgrade. They went and got Christian McCaffrey. They got Debo yep. back. They got Ayuk. They got Kittle. Purdy missed some throws in that Seahawks game early, and you know you talk about it. We talk about it burying teams putting teams away right the chargers didn't do it they got burned the niners didn't do it the niners had a chance to put seattle away super early and end that game you get away with that against seattle you're probably not getting away with that against the cowboys that being said i want to see dak repeat that against this niners defense right against uh nick bosa against one of the best units in the league right in my opinion agreed Here's the next thing I will say, though, Luke. This is why it's probably – I know everyone wants can't wait for the Bills-Bengals, but as a football – let's call myself like a guy who enjoys like minute details of football. Yeah. This is the game I'm most looking forward to watching because for anybody who loves linemen and linemen play, you've got an incredible D-line with some very, very talented players in the Niners. 
going up against an offensive line that is fucking stout in Dallas. And I wonder, like, you know, is Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, like, what is his thought process? The Seahawks did have some success last week through the air, and they don't protect as well as Dallas can protect. That's just a fact, okay? But now I look at it, and I'm like, is there any chance Kellen Moore says, fuck it, we're coming into this game, we're putting Zeke and Tony Pollard, and we're trying to get them both 16, 17 carries and trying to just haymaker for haymaker and punch this defense in the mouth. I don't know. Like, I don't know what he's going to do, but they have options because they're yeah. that offensive line and that run game is very, very fucking good. That'll yeah. be a very fun matchup for me to see. Like, who gets the better of that? On on the other side of the ball, so you mentioned Micah Parsons, right? What yes. can the Niners do to game plan around that? How are we going to plan for, like, to me, Micah Parsons is you've got Kittle. And what I mean by this is, like, George is a guy that is so unique because he can really do everything the position asks. There's very few tight ends that can do this. You know, there's more your receiving tight ends to do a little bit of blocking, and then there's your complete blocking tight ends that are glorified linemen. But you've seen Kittle, like, really handle dudes like this. So what I'm saying is now all of a sudden, and, and Juszczyk will be involved in this as well, but it's like if Micah Parsons – if they decide, like, yo, this guy's a huge factor, which I'm sure they will, I could see a lot, like, yo, Kittle, you're going to – not even chip, like, yo, we're going to motion you over. We're going to try some run game stuff where you're going to be really just fucking get on him, pester him, get after him. Boom, we might have you and use check. Like, this makes sense. It's a little bit of ball talk, hashtag ball talk. But we're going to run wide zone with a fullback coming underneath so you can really let your helmet out on Micah and if he slides underneath he's got a re he's got fullback Kyle Juszczyk ready to fucking rumble like they'll probably fuck with him a lot in the run game have those two guys just attacking him at different angles just so that Micah's looking around like holy fuck where am I getting hit from you know what is this run game play that split second to make sure he's getting fucking slapped now might slow down the pass rush a little bit and then for the pass rush as a pass rush goes it would not surprise me again if it's like, yo, we're chipping them, we're keeping the tight end in, or we're, you know, it's third and long. Instead of having McCaffrey in the backfield on third and long, you might see Kyle Juszczyk in some third longs. You know, maybe mm -hmm. McCaffrey's in the slot. I'm not saying he's not on the field, but it's yeah. like, why will Juszczyk as a fullback, maybe we're just going to send him to Micah's side, boom. Or if they're not blitzing, be like, hey, you're not getting out you're going to help clean up Micah. Like there's a lot of things you can potentially do to try and slow down Micah Parsons, which I think Kyle Shanahan will have a pretty good grasp on this week. Okay. So George Kittle, let me, let me try yeah. to, let me try to rope you into something here. George Kittle's over under on uh FanDuel Sportsbook Canada set at 46 and a half this week. Is there I, any I, chance I could interest you in that under? Yes. Big time. Hundred percent. He's gone under that number in three straight. Yeah. Which is odd because he's kind of I would which, yeah. He's he's uh he's getting the usage down by the red zone. It seems like Purdy's looking his his way there. He's got two, four, five, seven, seven touchdowns in his last five games. 
but not yeah, a ton of yards. But again, to me, it would not surprise me. Is still catching the ball, but his main role is to really split between catching the ball, how he is in the game. There you are. You want to thread Parsons? Oh, what just happened to your internet? I almost feel like his computer died. No, my my God. You're oh, Nikino. Yeah, here you are. But your internet back? Just, is that my internet or your internet? No, it's mine. I can see it. It's definitely mine. Yeah. So I actually I think I might play this this week. I just I'm just taking a look at this. George Kittle under 46 and a half receiving yards. George Kittle touchdown. Basically five to one. I might play that. I could see yeah. Kittle having four or five catches for 37 yards and a tud. I wouldn't hate I mean, that. So let's just recap this real quick. I want to go through. So uh, Chiefs, you got the Chiefs minus eight and a half, yeah? Over yep. the Jags. Eagles minus seven and a half against the Giants. Yep. Bengals plus five and a half against the Bills. Yep. And Sunday night? Niners minus three and a half. Niners. That's a line, right? Three and a half. Yes, sir. Little $10 parlay there would pay uh, $116. 11 to 1. All four. Fuck. I do not. That last one is very tough. Very tough for me. What you could do, and what I've, what I always try to do with parlays like these, is you throw the Niners money line on as the last line. Yeah. So it makes yep. it nine to one. And then when it gets to Sunday night, you can go the other way with the Cowboys plus three and a half. And then if the Cowboys lose that game, but cover you, you win both. Look at this guy scrolling through TikTok. No, no, I don't go on TikTok. I was looking at something. Um, I'm with you on that, but I'm not going to lie. I've got to bet with Team Luke Bryan this week, no matter what happens. I'm betting no matter what I just said, I'm going to do a four-leg parlay of whatever the two picks we have, and I'm going to do the opposite of Al's brothers. Those uh, That's happening on Friday, I assume? That Friday. happens tomorrow at 6.05 Eastern time. Friday, 6.05 yes. 6.05 Eastern, TSN 10.50. You have to tune in yep. for all the picks, so this will be... This would be good when Hayes likes the Jags. Or like, oh, dude, I love the Jags. There's... <laughs> We're usually on the same page. That's why, can I be honest with you, dude, last week was the most fucking nervous I've ever been watching games. And there, I really like, I want us to win our parlays. But the overdrive shit, I'm like, fuck, bro. I mean, just because of the whole thing. And it was joking, but like me getting kicked off the team. And then... Me and Hayes were nine and one, as you know, won the regular yep. season, and now the playoffs resets, and we start. And I, I go, I went with all three underdogs. I went Seahawks to cover. This is spread. Seahawks yeah. to cover, uh, Giants to cover, and Ravens, Ravens to cover. And Hayes hit me with, "Listen, man, I trust you, but I'm not gonna lie. I was leaning the other way on all three of these." <sighs> And I'm like, fuck. So then at halftime, I'm fucking chilling, bro. I'm like, bro, yeah. Seahawks up one. We oh, got dude. ten and a half points to spare because the line was nine and a half. I'm like, fuck, I'm in good shape. 
I'm yep. like, we're going to get some bullshit turnover soon. Everything's going to be killing. We all know how that half ended. Al's brother picks the Jags. It's 27 nothing. I'm like, bro, we're good. We all know how that one ended. So now I go into the uh, Sunday, and I'm like, dude, I've got the Giants on the road. And the line is two and a half, I think. Or maybe, no, maybe it was three. It was three. It was three. Yeah. And then uh, I got the Ravens on the road. No Lamar Jackson, obviously. Okay. And that line was seven, eight and a half, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was eight and a half. Uh, And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, I'm going to get kicked off Hayes' team, too. And then all of a sudden, both dogs covered. I was talking shitty. I was on Twitter talking shit, bro. Oh, and I assume you'll be running your mouth all weekend too. With uh, it's it's good stuff. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun to follow. Yeah, it's it's guys, fun. You guys do good with that stuff. So we're both two and one. So the problem is now, like in the regular season, you have a bad week. We each pick. I think there were five picks per weekend. So, like, we would pick three one weekend, they would pick two, and then we'd flip them. So, it's like, okay, you know, you lose or you have a bad weekend, and it's like you're good, you know, because there's 18 weeks of the season. I'm like, yeah. shit, dude, this playoffs. I mean, you think of it. Seven games God left. God forbid. I mean, not God forbid. We'll go 2-0, and oh, and they'll go 0-2 oh this week. And now, all of a sudden, we're up two, and there's only – Three total games left. That's big time. That that'd be a big swing. It's a big. It's you a know, big you know swing. It's a big weekend. Yeah. It's a huge yeah, weekend. So. The divisional round. It, I was just about to say it doesn't get much bigger than this, but it it it, it will get slightly bigger next week, and then even bigger a couple weeks after that. Yeah. So. But spreads uh, are tough, though, man. A wise man once told me, "You don't get rich betting spreads." No. His name was Luke Bellis. Week three, Colts Chiefs. What a game! That 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 game was a sweat. Uh, you good? You got anything else Great. you wanna you wanna talk about? I think that's good. I mean, I think Alec has got a tough one in this one because we're all over the map. There's bum fights. There's everything, but yep, it is what it is. I think it's a good pod. I think it's another pod in the books. Shout out to Davis Sanchez. Yeah, Give us so much time this afternoon. That was a fun interview. We're gonna have to get him back on in the offseason to talk a little bit more about some of the time he spent in the CFL. Davis is also a big um, he's a big live better. Yeah. Big with, the, with all that stuff. So I and he's sharp. But man, I watch games with him and he he picks up on stuff. So we'll have to get him back on just to talk a little bit more about that. And uh, I will be back next episode to recap all the games. Until then. See ya.